Cubs. It's great to be back with you at the Stadium View. And we've got ourselves a very large show this evening. For it is Bear Week. It's season opening week. we got a roster to talk about. And we're going to jump into the season. How else could we jump into the campaign other than to yell, Geronimo! As wide receiver <laughs> Geronimo Allison will be our special guest here tonight. Alongside, as always, Matt Z. Hello there, Matt Hello, hello, hello. All right. Not not only is it Bears week, it's also Cubs week for the it Brewers. It is, and a walk-off win for the crew today. Yes. Well done. Go Brewers. My man, Yelich. Yes. Very pumped. Unbelievable player. Great player. It's a, it's a great week to be against the city of Chicago, it for sure. It is indeed. No question about it. And the Pack hopefully will do their part Sunday night. We got a game to talk about. Not really, but uh, they finished up the preseason in Kansas City on Thursday. They set the roster on the weekend. All kinds of moves, good and bad. They traded a quarterback. They signed a quarterback. We're going to cover it all here in this first segment before we get Gmo on board here this evening. But what a whirlwind week it was. Uh, any thoughts just on the whole? Well, I was waiting for regular season as we always do. Can't wait for it to now be here. Preseason for me, especially once you get to that week four, is just unbearable as a fan to watch. I mean, it really is. Unless you are singled in on one guy who you're really hoping is going to make the team that you are just a big fan of. Drew Martini, oops. Yeah. Other, <laughs> other than that sort of thing as a fan, it's just like, all right, get this thing over. No serious injuries. Can we just make the cuts? Can we get to next weekend? Yeah, yeah. Can all we right. play football? All right. Well, Any other? Now, you mentioned Greer Martini. I know, I know you were a fan of his. Yeah. Anybody else shock you? Any surprises? No, not cuts? really. Not really. We'll we'll get into the cuts a little bit. I want to go back to the game. We'll talk about the rest of the week that was. Sure. And we'll hear some comments that uh, uh, were made by uh, participants uh, over the last, uh, really up until today, as a matter of fact, when we met with Mike McCarthy and we saw the guys for the first time since the roster was in place. So, uh, as we do usually on a Monday after a Sunday game, and we will next week, but let's go back to last Thursday. The Packers dropped the finale to Kansas City 33-21. Just a couple of quotes from that game. Mike McCarthy sat 22 players, including Aaron Rodgers. So it really was a, a battle for the bubble jobs. But uh, he did have a plan for his remaining quarterbacks for the night. You know, focus was to get to Sean, you know, two series. Obviously, he had a high throw there on the first series. And I thought he did a very nice job, particularly on the extended play in the second series with the touchdown throw. And, you know, uh, Geronimo did, was, you know, excellent in the extended play part of it, too. So, and really, the, the focus was to get Tim Boyle as much work as possible. So, uh, we definitely accomplished that. And it'll be good tape to evaluate and learn from. Yeah, Kaiser went 5-7 of seven before he sat down with that touchdown to our guest tonight. And then Tim Boyle played the final really three quarters, started fast, finished kind of slow. Not much changes. Uh, I think it's the same approach that you got to have every day. And that's to you know, show as much as you can like, when you get the opportunity to. And, uh, you know, once again, trying to string, string together as many positive plays as possible when you get the opportunity to. There you go. Was that the right one? Hard to hear. I'll be honest, Hard. I can't Good hear the anyway. smart. All right, but anyway, Boyle <laughs> did start. Sorry, let's skip ahead to uh, uh, the real quarterback news of the week. Uh, if you can't, I'll get 34 loaded, ready to go. Uh, and that started Wednesday morning uh, when uh, before they even left for Kansas City when GM Brian Gutekunst traded Brad Hundley to Seattle for a sixth-round pick next year. It's tough to see someone like Brett leave. Um, he's been a pro's pro, and he's developed very well in the system. Um, I just think that as we move forward, I thought the – the ability to acquire a pick and uh, also just the, uh, I think both uh, Deshaun and, and Tim's uh, level of play have kind of, um, you know, have made that 
you know, to have three quarterbacks behind Aaron that you all feel, you know, comfortable being in that backup role made it easier to make that move. It was becoming apparent, Z, that they're probably going to have four to choose from right? rather than the three that stayed. And to be honest, I'm surprised they got something for Hundley. And so if they got something for him, trade him. Right. A year left on his contract. Kaiser's a couple of years younger uh, and probably very similar athletic ability. Maybe more of an upside time will tell on that. But they got something for Hundley. Not surprised at all. I mean, the season that he had last year, and he's always looking good in the preseason, looked yeah. good again in the preseason, but it was time. And hours later, after that deal was made, Aaron Rodgers became the highest-paid player in NFL history. The four-year extension, $134 million, average per year, $33.5 million. He'll make $80 million by next March. He wanted it to be a partnership with the Packers, and he believes that was accomplished. I think so when you're talking about this type of uh, financial investment. Um, you know, things are, uh, have, to, have to change, I think, naturally anyway. Um, the team is investing heavily in me. Putting a lot of faith and trust in my continued, continued play. Um, and I have to, in turn, put trust in the team that they will continue to do everything possible to promote, you know, the same type of culture that we've had here and a winning environment and give, uh, you know, the players and the coaches the tools necessary to achieve those goals. Because when we win, everybody wins. The players, the coaches, the organization. Um, and that's that's how you create a winning culture. So um, it, it does feel good knowing that my future is going to be in Green Bay. And, you know, when I went in to sign my deal, it was nice to have not only Russ in there, but Brian and Mark um, to uh, to kind of celebrate uh, knowing I'm going to be here for uh, what looks like, uh, you know, my career. It better be his career. When the contract expires, he'll be <laughs> yeah. 40 at 2023, and then it will maybe be a one-year deal after that if he's still alive and playing. You knew a deal like this was Unbelievable coming. Unbelievable Yeah, it was just what is that ultimate end number going to be? Mark Murphy talked about it. Gutenkunst talked about yeah. it. Rodgers has talked about it. They all wanted him to be the highest-paid quarterback. I mean, after Ryan and Stafford, the contracts those guys were getting, and then Cousins – you just knew that he was going to be 30-plus. It was how far beyond 30 was it going to go, and it's 33-and-a-half. And everything I've read about how it is structured is it's still going to give the Packers some flexibility moving forward this year and even beyond. Time will tell on that, but they didn't want to shell out another $140 million for right. a linebacker in Oakland who wound up in Chicago. That would have been tough. Anyway, back to Gutekunst, who got his franchise player locked up. You know, Aaron is a, a rare, a rare player. Um, you know, he has been since he really, um, you know, took over the reins here. And uh, his level of play has been um, certainly, you know, at the highest level, and, and it continues to be. He better keep playing at the highest level right. to make that investment pay off. Well, yeah, and, I mean, uh, look, Rogers doesn't look like he's slowing down at all. It's just when he's healthy. He's the top of his game. It's if he gets nicked up, then you really start going, well, why did we give him this money? But well, right now he's healthy and ready to go. Yeah, no question about it. Finally, one more from the GM. On Sunday he met with us uh, at Lambeau to talk about working through his first roster cut as the boss. You know, I've obviously been through the process uh, many times before. Obviously um, our process hasn't changed much, but it was uh, – I thought it was really lively. I think it was really uh, working with our guys and coach and uh, – Getting to kind of the final answers and stuff, I thought it was great. It was um, 
again, this is never this is never an easy time because you're, you're you're telling some really good football players and guys who work really hard, you know, that uh, you're having to move on. But um, at the same time, I thought the process was good. They got it done, and it took a little longer. In fact, they were still making moves as of today. But among the headlining cuts, obviously, Vince Beagle. That got a lot of attention. Uh, Dimitri Goodson, Josh Hawkins, uh, Donatello Brown, all of the defensive backs that had to be on the field late last season. Right. I knew that was coming with all of the kids. They cut both fullbacks, Aaron Ripkowski and Joe Carriage. No fullbacks. They only had two running backs on the roster until today, as a matter of fact. I wonder how many other rosters... And we haven't gone through and looked at all 30-plus teams, but how many other rosters carry they've, no fullbacks? They've been uh, an endangered species sure. in the NFL for years Very now, much. extinct in Green Bay. And you can run sure. your tight ends as, as fullbacks and your goal Perhaps. line packages, things like that. And I like think that. that's how Robert Tanyan made it as the fourth tight end. Or an extra lineman. Yeah. You see that a lot, too. And again, all right, so they added a bunch of guys that were cut under their practice squad, and today uh, they signed linebacker Corey Toomer, who's bounced around with several teams over five years in the league played with the Chargers, he played with the Raiders, Cowboys, Seahawks, uh, so he jumps into the fray. Jake Kumaro goes on injured reserve after the 53. Jake made the roster, one of eight receivers to make the roster, uh, and now on IR, he'll be eligible to return after week eight with that shoulder stinger. And they have added a third running back now. Darius Jackson was claimed off the Cowboys cut list off waivers, and to make room for Jackson, who will run behind Ty Montgomery and Jamal Williams, they put Herb Waters on waivers. Too bad about Kumaro because that was a self-inflicted wound. Yes. Silly. Stay on your feet. Don't dive in if you don't have to dive in. Act like you've been there before. Exactly. He's been there a lot in the WEAC, but this isn't the WEAC, obviously. But you WEAC, know what? How obviously. many other times has he done something like that over the course of his high school, college, pro career where yeah. it's never been an issue? It's just one of those things. It's so, too bad. Too bad. There's your roster. We could talk a little bit more about it uh, position by position, but uh, we'll have time to do that as we work our way through the night. And again, the trade they didn't make. Sure got a lot of attention. Khalil Mack, they were in the running. They had discussions with Reggie McKenzie and Mark Davis with the Raiders. But he winds up with the Bears as Chicago gets Khalil and a second-round pick in 2020 and a conditional fifth for the number one next year, the number one the year after, a sixth in 19, a third in 2020, Ooh. and six years, $141 million. No wonder the Packers passed. You knew it was going to be at least two number ones. The Raiders had made that pretty clear. Yeah. I mean, Chicago shelled out a and lot. The Packers for this had guy. that extra one. Yep. Uh, but uh, they just didn't jump at it. Uh, and uh, maybe they're disappointed. Brian Gutekunst wasn't saying yesterday when we talked to him about it. Said, look, I don't talk about trades that we didn't make. Uh, and I understand that. But. He goes to the Bears. He hasn't practiced. He hasn't played a snap since last year, December. Right. You wonder how effective he could be on Sunday night. We'll have to wait and see, but it'll yeah, be fun. I mean, he's a very good linebacker, but the question still remains for Chicago. Your quarterback, is he taking that next step? Is he the guy that's going to lead that offense? We'll see. All right, we shall see. So, what a big weekend it was, but now we're ready to play some football with the Bears. We are live at the Stadium View on Home Greenway, just a stone's throw from Lambeau Field. We welcome our listeners in Wausau and Sheboygan and online on any Midwest communication station. And at the View, what a week they've got coming there, Z. Yeah, tonight is double bubble all night. So take all advantage night? of that. All night is double bubble. It's Labor Day, man. All right. Come on. It, yeah, it is a holiday. Uh, they got DJ trivia every Thursday from 5 to 6.30. Then you hit the weekend. On Saturday, it's the opening weekend party. 
The band, The Cheap Shots, is here from 6.30 to 9. But before that, don't forget, Badger's playing at 11 o'clock. You there might you as well go. come and watch the Badger game here. Enjoy we'll the music. New Mexico, well, big deal. I don't know if you can bring your sleeping bag. Stay here until Sunday. Whatever. Kind of coast into that. But then you got the home game against the Bears, which means you're going to have bands outside. Hello Weekend is here from 4 to 8. Six outdoor bars. The Mechanical I Bull I, is The Bull back. is back. And all the back bars are open. This is the place to be on game. All right. Break. Come on down, everybody. Glad you're with us on this Labor Day evening. When we come back, the packs number three, wide receiver Geronimo Allison will join us when we return right after this timeout. We now return you to the fifth quarter, live from the Stadium View Bar and Grill. Right, here, we go. here are Mark Daniels and Matt Z. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's Bear Week. Packers and Chicago Bears will kick it off Sunday night at Lambeau Field. And it is a pleasure to welcome as our guest here. He's batting leadoff. He's playing wide receiver. He wears number 81 from the University of Illinois. Please welcome everybody, Geronimo Allison to the fifth quarter. Good evening. Good evening. Thank How's you for that for a me. little Labor Day love. Good evening. Thank you. Thank How are you, Gmo? I'm doing good. Doing good. Labor nice. Day. Good days of work. And now I'm here spending my afternoon with you guys. All right. Well done. Appreciate it. Nice grabbing, KC. Yeah, definitely. Um, wanted to get off to a fast start. Definitely. Um, came out and um, kind of turned the ball over first drive, and then came back and um, got down there in the red zone and wanted to punch it in. Every day. You guys practice extended plays. Now, that wasn't a Rodgers run around forever extended play, but it was an extended play. I can honestly tell you it was the timing of um, the um, my reaction timing was as if Aaron was in there. Really? I probably did kind of react kind of fast, but um, Kaiser kind of seen it, pointed me out deep, and um, we made it happen. <laughs> no kidding. Your route was 10, 15 yards, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you said, this isn't going to be on time. Right. And so you could realize you had the DB peeking towards the QB, gone, right? Right. Just jump behind him. Yep. And um, when I initially took off and I felt him kind of late to react, um, I just knew to uh, just get deep. And um, I wanted him to put the ball in the air quick. And I kind of feel the safety running over there, but I feel like we had a good time. And um, it worked out well. Came right. out with a touchdown. Yes, it worked out very well. Won't be the last we hear from that one. But well done. And off to a, another good. Mike McCarthy just has been singing your praises all camp, Geronimo. And I know this was an important camp for you, obviously, when what took place in the offseason with Jordy Nelson, mm -hmm. let go, sign with the Raiders. You take up his spot, now number three with Randall Cobb and, and Devontae Adams. How did that, if at all, change your mindset about how you came into this 2018 training camp? Um, definitely. I came in as an experienced veteran. Um, so my approach going into camp was to, one, control my what I could control, and that was my actions, making plays, going out there day by day, on preparing mentally, physically, and on spiritually and going out there and executing my job. And then also as a veteran in the room was to make sure that the young guys knew their assignments also being out there, um, getting reps with Aaron, um, and also just being a extended coaching staff. You know, um, the guys will ask questions. Sometimes Randall may be in a conversation with Devontae about something or in a conversation with Aaron, and the guys will come to me and want to know a different signal or a different play or making sure that they're thinking properly as if they need to when they're out there. So I kind of helped them in a sense of being a, a big brother in a way, but also a young guy that's experienced I was going to say, we were laughing last week talking about that. You're kind of stuck in the middle. You're not an old guy. Right. And you're not a rookie. Right. You're kind of right in the middle. But then again, 
You're the third most experienced receiver here. Yeah, I definitely. I think it helps being, you know, being mature, um, going through different journeys in life, um, getting me to this point, and um, being confident in my skill set. You know, um, not knowing that, you know, anything that I can't control, but knowing that, you know, I'm gonna go out there, I'm gonna make plays, but I can still get these guys prepared to go out there and execute their job, but not, you know, what I'm saying, fear mine. One of, as of today, I mean, it went from eight to seven, but eight receivers made the final 53, Geronimo. Um, I, told you guys, I told you guys the room was deep. Um, we got a lot of talent in that room. Um, the young guys are well advanced. Um, the rookies, they've they picked up the playbook um, in a timely manner, but they're also making plays. Um, they have tremendous speed, talent. Um, they're making plays. They're catching the football, and um, Aaron likes them. Aaron Lyson. Yeah, he's liked him right from the start. I mean, we're talking the three draft choices all made it. Jim on Moore, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Equiminius St. Brown. You three, the, the starting three, and then Trevor Davis snuck in under the wire. I don't mm -hmm. think there was much doubt about that with his return ability. And even Kumaro, uh, you know, made it until uh, that shoulder injury just put him on IR today for eight weeks. But uh, it's unbelievable. I we going to see the seven receivers set here against the Bears? Oh. Trot it out? <laughs> You know, Spread them out. Coach don't like us getting too much into the game plan. But, <laughs> know. Um, you know, the guys, you know, they're prepared. They're going to be prepared mentally, physically, and um, ready to go out there and help win. Um, that's why we put this roster together to get us to the Super Bowl. At the end of the day, everybody has one common goal. You know your role. You know your job. Do it to the best of your ability. All right, Geronimo Allison, our guest. Z, what do you got for him? What did, what did Jordy Nelson mean to you? on the field in the locker room off the field talk a little bit about that um first and foremost he he taught me how to be a pro and um it wasn't you know the conversations that we had or you know what i'm saying the um the time that we spent together it was how he went about his business um just coming in every day working consistently having a routine having a game plan and um going about it and not letting anything distract them definitely in meetings um he was intelligent with the game so anything that he would be talking about in meetings I sat in front of him so I had my little notepad down and um, sometimes I'll be writing down extra notes on um, different kind of hints and cues that help me trigger different things in my mind when I'm out there with Aaron and getting my opportunities. Do you feel a little bit more pressure now that there's higher expectations on you to perform in this offense? I'm seeing your name more in featured stories mm -hmm. on SB Nation and Bleacher Report do you feel a little bit more pressure now that there's more expectations? Um, I don't want to put, you know, that sense of pressure on me. But, um, you know, I, I give all my pressure, all my, you know, stress, anxiety to God. Um, and I don't dwell on it. You know, I know what I'm capable of. I trust my talent. I trust how I prepare. Um, I trust my preparation. And I go out there and, and try my best to beat the man across from me. And at the end of the day, help the team win any way I can. Have you set goals for yourself for this season i know last year you had 23 catches 200 plus yards mm -hmm. do you set those sorts of goals for yourself i want to hit this benchmark by then that sort of thing um definitely um i definitely set personal goals for myself um i think every player should um you should set goals for yourself in life too um just as something you have something to strive towards you're not just going with your day with no purpose when you set goals you know you give yourself a purpose for something to strive towards so I definitely set personal goals for myself to um, strive for this season. And um, it's a team game. So um, I need the help of my teammates to achieve them. What are your goals for this season? Um, one is to just execute it, um, execute my job um, any, way, any way, shape, or form I can. Um, when a ball is thrown my way, at the end of the day, make that reception because um, it's helping the team. And um, 
for our stats, um, I have my personal goals set. <laughs> and, um, what are they? Tell us. Um, I? I have my number set. Um, I don't want to, you know what I'm saying, put them out there yeah. because they're personal to me. Um, but like I said, I need help with my teammates. Um, it starts up front, trigger down to the quarterback, and then on my end is holding up my end of the bargain and making a play. Um, when we do that, all things as well. We're moving forward, scoring touchdowns, making our way down the stretch. I don't want to pick numbers either, Gmo, but I see career highs across the board. I mean, you got 35 in two seasons, a couple of touchdowns, about 300-odd yards. You had a huge game at Cincinnati. The way this offense looks like it's going to be operating this year with Aaron and with Joe Philbin back, tight ends up the yin-yang, you know. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a very high-octane, up-tempo Let's throw it around the yard a little bit offense. Yeah, that's where we're getting at. <laughs> I would think <laughs> that, that's what you're that's, getting at. That's exactly where we're getting at. Um, we want to sling the ball around. Um, we want to throw the ball downfield um, over defenders and go score touchdowns. And we can still pound the ground, too. We, we want the best of all worlds. That's what we strive for, to be balanced and attack. Any way we can attack you in any shape or form, that's what we're going to do. And that's how offense should be. And we're going to put up points, make it easy on our defense, and win ball games. All right, let's talk a little more about that when we get more in-depth about what we can expect from this Packer offense. Geronimo Allison is our guest tonight. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll start the fun and games segment of the show. The hot and cold plays are coming around the corner and more with Gmo right after this timeout. All right, welcome back, everybody. Can we catch you the next break? Thanks. We'll give you plenty of time here with Geronimo Allison is our guest tonight, getting ready for the Packers and the Bears. Sunday night football on NBC. That one is going to kick off at 7.20 p.m. Well, it's that time of the show where we look for a hot and cold play from our friends at Robinson's. You know how it works. You guess the hot play of the day. You'll take home a prize tonight, and you'll also get qualified for a grand prize drawing at the end of the year for those indoor club seats for the Lions finale at Lambeau. All right, let's line them up, see if we can't get a contestant right out of the gate. Alex is up first. Alex, what's your guess? It's got to be Geronimo's 31-yard touchdown. You think? Rarely. Rarely do we get the hot play and the playmaking guest on the show on the same night, but tonight we certainly do. Kaiser in the shotgun, Jones to his left. Snap to Kaiser looking downfield. Lots of time waiting. Lost left side, Gimo out there. Touchdown! Geronimo Ellison. Tremont Smith, the man beaten, and I mean he was beaten by a mile. 31-yard touchdown play in the Packers with an extra point of getting this game tied. Well done. Wayne Larrabee on the call on the Packer Radio Network. Geronimo, our hot play winner tonight. Well done. Well done. And I hate to break this to Geronimo, but the rest of the season's all downhill now here for you <laughs> yeah. because you just got the answer for a hot play on the fifth quarter. You cannot get a better <laughs> a better award than that. I don't care if you catch 12 touchdowns this year. Your answer to a hot play. I appreciate that. I take that and <laughs> I run with take it. Take that, take that. Geronimo, your path was not unlike a couple of guys you made this roster. Uh, Tim Boyle, uh, Alex Light, uh, you know, the undrafted guys that found a way, four of them on this roster this year. You arrived as an undrafted player out of Illinois. 
didn't make the cut, came right back to the practice squad, and by midseason were active again. But talk about your journey, and uh, it has, has had some ups and downs. You had some tough decisions. You had to deal with the NFL's league office for a little while. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden, you're now into the mix and in a position to really become a major contributor three years in. Talk about what kind of journey it's been for you and how you've grown through it all. Um, just uh, my personal journey is is kind of what helped me shape me and um, get me to this point here today. Um, most importantly, all those experiences were experiences that I needed to go through, and um, you know what I'm saying is what God put in my journey. So, going all the way back into high school, um, decisions that I made put me in a predicament to make and meet different people to help and guide me in the right direction. Um, thanking my high school coach, his wife, Miss Ann, with my tutoring, getting me to Iowa Western, going through JUCO ball, and um, figuring out, getting my getting my grades together and um, buckling down with things that I had to go through and making my way to Illinois, fighting through that, going through you know what I'm saying? Position battles and um, different coaching changes. I had two different head coaches at Illinois. You had Zook there too, right? No, I actually, I no, missed Zook. You missed um, Zook? I missed Zook. Zook was gone before I got there, but I had Tim Batman, Bill all Cubit. Right. All right. So I had two different head coaches, and um, but it all shaped and built me to the, you know what I'm saying, the man that I am today. So different trials and tribulations that you go through in life, um, most importantly, you just take them head on and um, deal with them, fight through the adversity, and um, learn from it. And you talked about how the kids already in camp, you know, the rookies in particular at the wide receiver position had to earn Aaron's trust. Mm -hmm. How do you go about doing that? You had to go through that, particularly last year, I think, yeah. when you finally started getting on the field. Um, most importantly, it's a consistency, um, and it's a pro, and how you attack your job, how you go about your job, and how you do it day after day and consistently. And when you're out there with him, um, he want to see a maturity about you also. And... Most importantly, making plays and um, not just making one play and then, you know what I'm saying, you're going unnoticed or unknown, but making plays on a consistent basis day after day. Um, somebody that did that was somebody like Jake, you know, right. and um, it shows. It shows. Everybody sees it. You catches everybody's eye. And um, when you're doing it on a consistent basis, your teammates trust you, um, coaches trust you, and you build trust with, most importantly, Anna. And, and a big thing is it happened early. Cincinnati game, the big overtime catch, mm -hmm. and that just had to give you all kind of confidence. Yeah. Finally, that, that, I think that was your your moment. Really. Well, I think, that, I think hello, Geronimo. Definitely the Cincinnati game, but if you even go back to my rookie year when I first got activated off of the practice squad, first catch. My first catch was a touchdown on him in a scramble mode, under the rest, under pressure, and yeah. I reacted how I was coached and trained to react. Exactly. And on my first reception as a it was a touchdown. So. Um, it starts. It starts in when you when you start off and when you prepare right. Um, you know what I'm saying you get the flow and you keep going with it. Yeah, he is rolling with it. See, talk a little bit more about your role as a veteran now with the young wide receiving room. I mean, it's not like you're an old guy. Right. You're not an eight or nine year veteran, but you are a veteran among this group. Talk about your role, what your strengths are that you think in that role. Um, my strengths as as a young veteran is. My experience playing, um, being out there with Aaron, um, kind of seeing how he thinks, how he acts, um, how you call plays when you're in the huddle. Because um, sometimes he's seeing the game through his mind and through his eyes, so things are different. So my experience of kind of give those guys a, a little insight of what to expect when you're out there, how to think, 
how to turn your switch on because it's a faster game when you're out there. Um, Aaron knows the entire offense, so all things are up. You know what I'm saying? You never know what he's going to think or check or get to, so you need to be prepared for all things. With a young wide receiver room, are you a guy that waits for the young guys to come to you to ask questions, or are you active in approaching them and, hey, this is how we do things, this is what you missed here? What kind of a leader are you? Um, I lead, I'm a more so, I've always been the type of guy to lead by example, kind of quiet, laid back, um, kind of in my own little zone bubble. So I watch guys and I see how guys approach their day, go by day, day by day. I see their preparation. I see how they approach meetings. Um, if guys are sitting down and coaches speaking, and I feel like it's something that I may need to write down, and I'm looking at a guy that may write it down that may not write it down. Um, do we take his job serious? Do I approach him and, and, and coach him up? Or do I see a guy that, that is writing a note down? Now I could ask him maybe later, what note did you take down? Because it might be a point I may need or it might be a point I could coach you up on. So um, different little things like that. I look at guys who take their job serious and I can feel like I can help and they take my advice seriously. Now, if you're a guy that kind of sits back, what have you picked up from watching a Devontae Adams, from watching a Randall Cobb, those mm -hmm. types of guys? Um, just more, most importantly, how they go about their business, um, how they, how they, how they kind of tune in to coaches, how they write different, different notes, um, how they prepare and how they practice. Um, they practice at a high pace, at a high tempo. Um, at times, they take scout team reps. Um, if those guys are out there taking scout team reps, why can't I? You know what I'm saying? So um, just how they approach the, the game and how they have the consistent basis and go about it day after day. Now, Geronimo, Aaron's played one series mm -hmm. in four weeks. Uh, the offensive line has not taken, I don't think, a game snap together, maybe just more than a couple. Um, you know, the backs have been shuffled in and out. It's just been a, it's been a camp and a preseason about really which young guys are going to make this team. Now that that's accomplished, do you feel that there has been enough collective work as a now starting unit to get out of the gate running, or is it always just kind of a process through the first couple of regular season games? So um, what I'm thinking is, you know, those guys haven't really had much much work together besides in-practice reps. Right. So those in-practice reps are important reps, um, definitely going into this week and preparing up to the game. These reps are meant to be taken seriously. So um, value those reps. Um, no repeated plays. Go out there, execute it, know what you need to know, look for your indicators and execute it. And expect the game to kind of be in a, in a flow first series. The mindset is to start fast um, and score a touchdown, but expect the game to kind of feel the flow of it and then kind of get a groove in and get rolling. So what was Mike McCarthy's message? He finally got you guys together as a whole when you came back off the weekend. Um, Gentlemen, here we go. What what kind of things? What kind of points did he make to you guys? Now that you're a team. Um, first and foremost, what he started at was um, congratulating everybody that made right. the 53-man roster and everybody that was in that room um, because we work hard. <laughs> yeah. We work hard, and um, guys fought, and guys, you know, what I'm saying, worked their butt off to really make this roster this year. So um, he congratulated everybody for being there because um, it's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. So um, he, he congratulated us. Then um, he went on and uh, showed us a gambling gambling uh, video about the lead policy, um, new gambling uh, rule in place. And um, then he went on and kind of went through the schedule, how the week is going to play out, um, the time that we have off, and then the time that we're going to be working, how we're going to prepare. And um, 
then we got to it and started off with special teams meeting. All right. Right. Business as usual. Mm -hmm. Just another Monday. Every week is obviously important in the NFL. I mean, you get 16 games. Every week is important. But when it comes to a division rival and then it's Bears week, is there an extra buzz in that locker room and practices knowing that it's Bears week, just how much that rivalry means to this city and to this franchise? Yeah, um, I don't think you could start a season off no better than this. Um, It's rivalry week, um, divisional game, and, you know, we're going into the 100th season also. So, um... It's, it's a lot on, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's going to be exciting because of the atmosphere that the fans are going to set. You know what I'm saying? You are already going to feel, you know what I'm saying, that, that warmness in your seat and being on the edge of your seat waiting for that game to kick off. The intensity of it is going to be there. It's rivalry football. Um, it's divisional football. It's Bears and Packers. It's what you expect. So um, we're looking forward to that. I'm going to feed off of that energy definitely from my defense you, and then making plays. How do you not plays. get two nuts? And that's you what know? I'm saying. So um, that energy is going to be there. Anybody that's not fired up for that, um, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. And yeah, and Sunday night football, I mean, you are the game. It is prime time. I mean, right. as a player, fans get excited for those prime time games. How different is that for you on a on a game day when you have to play now it's a 7.30 kickoff as opposed to a noon kickoff. How does that change for you as a player? Yeah, as a player your preparation is different. Um, you know, the, the time kind of lags that time just leading up to the game, but you find a routine, you you, you do what works for you best, and um, you stick to it. Uh, when you have those games where you could kind of get in that zone and in that mode and, and you don't know how you got there, that's the type of stuff you want to work into your routine, be consistent with it, and, and try and search that mode that has you kind of in that zone where you're just going. What is your typical game day routine from the time you get up until kickoff? What do you do to center yourself and get yourself ready on a game day? Um, that's, almost, that's almost personal. <laughs> that's, that's almost personal um, because that's my original. Um, and at times... You know, it's, I, I listen to different music. Um, you know, definitely before I can tell you before I go out on the game field, I pray. When I'm out there after pregame warm ups, I pray and and I go. And definitely before before after the national anthem, right before and right after the national anthem, I pray. And um, sometimes I repeat the prayer, and sometimes I say a different prayer. I just you know I have my moment with God that just covered me. Because um, at times it can be a vicious, a vicious game, and you never know when that snap is going to be your last snap. So you take it serious. I have my different routines that I do leading up to the game, but um, sometimes at times it varies. Are, are you a guy that's always the same breakfast? I'm always the same this. Oh, the superstitious Is it, is it that ritualized, superstition-wise? No, I'm not superstitious with food because at times I could be picky yeah. <laughs> with food. But um, definitely, like when we get to like the playoffs and stuff, um, those are crucial times. So um, if I'm wearing the same socks or something like that, and those <laughs> socks are working for me, I'm gonna keep wearing those socks. Nice. <laughs> so um, I'm superstitious in that sense, but not on a daily routine. All right. No. We'll keep an eye on the socks on Sunday night with Geronimo Ellis. We got to take another break. When we come back, we'll zero in on the Bears a little bit more. Talk some other news and notes with this Green Bay Packer team with Gmo, our special guest, live from the Stadium View. We'll be back with more right after this timeout. All right, thanks, everybody, and welcome back. Not much time left to get to it. Packers and Bears coming up on Sunday night. Geronimo Allison is our guest, and we got to finish up our 
fun and games department. We've had a hot play winner. Now we're looking for the cold play of the day from last Thursday night in Kansas City. See if we can't find a winner right out of the gate. Coldest play of the game. Gene, what's your guess? Boyle's pick six. Boyle's pick pick six. six. It produced the final points of the preseason. Tim Boyle intercepted in the fourth quarter. Interception there, the third of the night by the Chiefs defense. Dorian is going to take it. Wow. That is the absolute worst call of a touchdown I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. That was from the Kansas City Chiefs television network. It was almost like high schoolish. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Who intercepted? Did we ever find out? It was Mackinac Dorlian. Guy, you know. He was in yeah. camp here last year. Yeah, former teammate. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. But, hey, you're in as our Coldplay winner. Who's our winner? That was Gene. Genie, way to go. Yes, the 30-yard pick six to close out the preseason. All right. Camp's long, isn't it? Yeah. Camp's tough. Yeah, it is. It but it's not nearly out. as tough as it used to be. No. I mean, no, you have 15, I imagine. 15 practices to the public, a couple of walkthroughs, a couple of other things. Uh, thank the CBA, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, the Players Union, I appreciate them. <laughs> I thank them uh, because back then it was tough. Um, but those guys, you know what I'm saying, they paved, they paved the way for us. And they fought for some things that I appreciate. How did the locker room take to the Rodgers deal? Um, it's cool. I mean, you know what I'm saying? We talked about it. We laughed about it. And, um, you know, we feel like we, he deserves it. Um, he's a, high, he's a hollow, Hall of Famer player. And um, that's what he deserves. He works for it. $134 million, Geronimo. That's a lot of money. <laughs> that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. <laughs> but, you know what I'm saying? I feel like he's going to do the right thing with it. Um, he strives for things like this. That's, that's what you dream of. Um, that's the hard work that you put in. Time at the time, you know what I'm saying, for, for a long time. He's been playing this game a long time, dedicated his body for a long time. Right. Mentally, physically, spiritually for a long time. And to see that pay off for him, you know what I'm saying, that, that's a sigh of a relief. When anybody gets a deal, Devontae last year, I mean, there really is genuine happiness. Yeah. There's no resentment. Oh, man, Devontae, yeah. you know, there's none of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're happy for all those guys. Definitely, because, like I said, that, that's, that's that sigh of relief that, you know what I'm saying, that my hard work is paying off. When you get that bonus, when you get that extension, even a raise in a regular job, you feel like you're appreciated. Right. Like you've been putting in that hard work. Somebody's recognized it. Here's your thanks. You know what I'm saying? So um, we get it in a different way, but we appreciate it. We're thankful for it. We do the right things with it. Some new rules this year. I think the Packers were one of the very few teams that did not have a helmet-to-helmet penalty call against him in the preseason. Okay. Your thoughts on that, Geronimo? And you talk about it. Every play could be your last. And that's one they're trying to make sure isn't a last. They're yeah, trying to get rid of that. Definitely. Um, I think it's a good rule. That's in, that's in place. That's in force. Um, because, you know, it protects, you know what I'm saying, players players as such as me. Um, you know what I'm saying? And it protects a player that's initiating that contact. Um, as, a, as a defensive player, I played defense. At the end of the day, I wanted to get the dude down. Um, I don't know how I did it, how if I was tackling properly or not, but I would throw my body around in the sense of getting him on the ground. So um, I understand how players do it, but it's it's to protect everybody. Um, concussions are for real. Concussions are seriously, and um, they are side effects and after effects that you suffer for them. And so they're trying to protect us um, all the way around. So I think it's a good rule that's in force and that's in place, and it should help us. Yeah, I think so too. Go ahead, Z. 
Uh, you grew up in Tampa, Florida. What was it like as a kid in Tampa growing up there? What was that like for you? Um, it was rough. <laughs> it was rough. Um, believe it or not, I, I come from um, a rough neighborhood, urban community. Um, some will call it a hood. Some will call it a projects. Um, just being real. But um, it's what shaped me um, and got me to this point. Um, I always wanted to strive to get out of that environment, but um, give back to the environment. So I've been in a position to do Jarell, that, how, and I've been helping. Yeah, how hard is it to not take the wrong direction when you're in an environment growing up like that? How hard is it to maybe avoid the most tempting route to take mm -hmm. and go the other way? Um, it's tough. Uh, it's tough, but it starts at home. All right. Um, it starts at home. When you have a, a strong foundation and a strong background and people counting on you, um, when you're out there making that decision of should you go with this friend that's going to do something that he, he knows better than do, or um, is that is that your real friend that's going to put you around that environment? Um, you know what I'm saying? So as a, as a young kid, it's hard to think about that and hard to make that right decision. But... You know what I'm saying? You, when you have that strong foundation, you don't ever want to let moms down or, right. or, or dad down if you have both of them home. Um, well, I come from many people don't have both yeah. parents home, but um, you have to make the right decision. And sometimes it's hard, but most times, nine times out of ten, if you think before you act, you're going you're gonna to make the right decision. Good call. And being on a team, playing sports, that helps, right, keep you on that that path as well yeah. that's another support system another family for you yeah definitely and that's just speaking of sense of having things things to lose having things in jeopardy um when you have those things and if you have those goals set for yourself um that's taking it back there also if you know that you have those things set for yourself why jeopardize that doing something that you don't have no business doing was that your goal sports was going to be your way to Always. not fall into that always um, i knew sports was my way out um so once i figured it out with my grades and i knew coming out of middle school i was talented i played good sports um i was always always well known for for my contribute on the football and baseball team but i knew high school was going to be a struggle for me at first because of the grade point average and that you have to maintain um i felt like a 2.0 wasn't hard to maintain. I thought it was, you know what I'm saying, pretty easy. But when I got there, I realized it was challenging. And it was challenging for me because of um, how I learned. So it took me a while to understand that all I had to do was ask for help. So once I matured and asked for help and got the proper tutoring that I need and the proper help, um, it, it helped mold me and shape me and get my academics together and got me to where I am today. You mentioned um, playing football and baseball. When was it? football for you i mean was were you that good at baseball maybe that was going to be the path as well i mean when did that kind of you make yeah. your decision um i was i was real good at baseball i pitched and played in the outfield and um when i made a decision to, to take full-on football was when i got to college and i realized how um time consuming football was and how much i was gonna have to prepare my body um study the game and on um, practice and still spring ball you know kind of overlaps during baseball season so i knew i wasn't going to be able to do both um so i made a decision of football because that's what gave me my scholarship to iowa western um and my opportunity too Who's, bad you were three steps to the warning track probably mm -hmm. with your stride to get to the, <laughs> yeah, right? as an outfielder who's uh, who's your baseball team what's your team um i didn't have a really team i had a um, favorite player ryan howard with the phillies mm. um i just used to like the way he used to hit the ball and um his name was kind of buzzing um, when i was kind of coming up and um during my time in high school and middle school 
That's a good good player to be yeah, a fan no of. No kidding. Yeah, heck all of right. a hitter. Heck of a first baseman. Yeah. All right, GMO, here come the Bears. Do you think Khalil Mack is going to play? Can he make a difference without practicing all summer? Um, it's hard to say. Um, you would think maybe if he does play, probably third down where he could just kind of yeah, rush. really. All right, um, it's third. That, that was most sense. Um, made sense to me. But um, he's a high caliber player. You're gonna pay him that money. I was pretty <laughs> sure you want him to play. But is he gonna be prepared with the scheme and the game plan? Probably not. But, yeah. You know, I don't know. Two tough games with the Bears last year, but you've dominated this rivalry of late. Uh, why do you think you're a good matchup for these guys? Um, or a tough matchup. Starts with our quarterback. I suppose um, the experience playing yeah. playing them. So you kind of you know know what to expect. Kind of know what you're going to get going into the game. Um, of course, they have different personnel, um, different pieces. But when you get the flow of the game, you know you study them. Um, you watch the film. You prepare. You just go out there and you try and execute your game plan. At the end of the day, you want to score more points than the other team. They walk off victorious. The best game in the NFL, in my opinion. This is the best game. This is the 197th meeting between the Packers and the Bears. The all-time series, Green Bay now in front, finally. Took them a while. 95-93-6. and six. They are 1-1 one one in postseason games. Mm -hmm. Points scored in the 196 previous games between the Packers and Bears. Green Bay has scored 3,377. The Chicago Bears have scored 3,377. How's that for ridiculous? 196 games. <laughs> Dead even in points. Great rivalry. Crazy. You were in Illinois for four years, three years. You know what this thing's all about. Yeah. This is it, man. Yeah. Packer Bears, nothing better. Nothing better. Nothing better. Geronimo, nothing better to have you on board as our leadoff guest. Best of luck. Uh, the big things are going to happen to you this season. I just know it. You've worked yourself in a position to be a big contributor on offense. You will not let them down. Good luck, man. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, Geronimo Allison, our guest tonight.